Good evening, I'm John. And uh, I'd just like to open up with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm just grateful that you, you planted me here in this church, Lord. You found the good soil for me, Lord, and a place for me to grow and for my roots to go down into the good soil of your word, Lord. And you put people around me. You blessed me with the people that you put in my life, Lord. And I'm very grateful for all the spiritual growth that's taken place. And I, I want to share that with these people tonight, Lord, and just ask for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. I have a friend, a real, a real dear friend of mine, and uh, uh, he, does, he stays at home, and uh, I tell him I come to church by myself if I could pick him up and bring him to church. And I've been doing this for years, and I tell him we could do breakfast, or I tell him after church we could do lunch, whatever he'd like. And uh, he thinks about it, and he tells me that, you know, well, you know, maybe, maybe sometime I'll, I'll let you know. And... Uh, I tell him, you know, it's, his name is Jess, and I said, you know, Jess, it's, it's, it's a really wonderful thing when you get to fellowship with people, when you get to meet other people, and you get to, and you get to, be, get to know them and interact with them. It's a wonderful thing, and he says, well, I like watching Joel Osteen on TV, and, you know, that's my church, and, and that's what I do, and I just, you know, I just pray for him. But there's other people that they'll come to church on Sunday, and they'll hear the praise and worship music, they'll hear the message, and... You, they, won't, they won't do anything during the week except come to church every Sunday. And, you know, it's like they'll, they'll say, you'll, 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 you'll ask them, you know, are you sure that you're saved, that you have your salvation? And they'll say, well, yeah, you know, I've been baptized and, 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 and I'm saved. But, you know, all, all I do, they come to church. And, and uh, I've often heard Pastor Bruce, or I've heard him once in a while say that they have fire insurance. And, you know, when you have salvation, you know, it's, it's like you're supposed to do something with that. It's not just uh, you come to church and, and, and hear the music and hear the word and then not do nothing with it. And uh, it's like that person that does that kind of thing, that just, it's not a, they come to church, but they're really not part of the church. It's like the parable that Jesus spoke when he gave talents to the, the three servants. He gave one, 100, 150, and 110, and the one that had 10 is like the person that just comes to church but doesn't really not become part of the church, and he just buries what God gave him. And this is, this is what the Word of God says in Matthew 25, 29 through 30 in the New King James Version. And, he, and, and I really truly believe that he's talking about us using our spiritual gifts and storing up our treasures in heaven. And he says, For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away, and cast that unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So it's really important that, you know, we realize and understand the importance of using our spiritual gifts. And uh, the spiritual gifts are intertwined with the divine, uh, intertwine the divine and the human. And uh, in addition to the divine element in the spiritual gifts is the human counterpart. And some people are really gifted. You know, they're, they, they're great athletes. They're great musicians. They're people that know how to invest and make a lot of money. But they do all these things to build wealth and get, gain worldly possessions. Spiritual gifts are for those to be, bring forth spiritual fruit to God's kingdom. Spiritual gifts produce spiritual fruit. So when you get someone who has these talents and they combine that with their, using those spiritual gifts to function in the body of Christ, then they're going to produce spiritual fruit. And, and here's what this message means to me about 
storing up your treasures in heaven and using those spiritual gifts to do that, to labor for the Lord, not, not for worldly wealth. And here in Matthew 6, 19 through 21 in the New King James Version, it says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust will destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And one day we're going to stand before God and all we'll have is our treasures that are in heaven. Spiritual gifts, unity, and diversity. And this is the reading that we're going to use tonight, and it's taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11 from the New King James Version. But before I read it, I really want you to understand that, you know, that we understand what Paul's writing here to the church in Corinth, and he's talking about the Spirit, that we remember the Godhead, that God is the Father, that God is the Son, and God is the Holy Spirit. And the gifts that Paul's talking to us about is the Spirit that we become Christ-like because we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And that should, be, that should be very evident. And I had to look up the word manifestation to make sure that I knew what it meant. And the root word of that is manifest. And that manifest means to be clearly seen, to be evident. So that way, when someone has the Holy Spirit, it's clearly seen by others that this person is using their spiritual gifts. And I'll give you an example. We come to church on Sunday. We walk in. We see the praise and the worship team leading the congregation in praise and worship, using their gifts to lead us in praise and worship. We see someone get up and sitting by the pastures, and we do an open mic here at Hillside, and they'll check and make sure that what they're going to say is edifying to the church, and, and it's going to be uh, uh, proper and appropriate for what we're doing. And that person is like a deacon or like a person that's checking, helping the pastors to so that we can share that message, so we can hear the congregation, we can hear the message. And then you have the person that gets up and gives the announcements. And that person is like a good public speaker. It would be like Aaron was to Moses. You know, they have good speaking abilities and good public speaking, and, and they're able to let you know what the functions that are going on within the church. And then you'll have the PowerPoint people and the, and the people back in the soundboard that are kind of behind the scenes, but they're part of the church and the greeters and are, are uh, uh, welcoming people and seeing people down, and then you have the kids' church going on. Well, when you see all these people, it's really, they're really manifesting their spiritual gifts. They're part of the church, and you see it working in the service. And so that's what Paul's saying right here by the word manifestation, that it should be clearly seen, it should be evidence that we're using the gift that God has given us. And here's the, here's the scripture reading. It starts with verse 7. It says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, or another, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing each, to each one individually as he wills. The gifts of help. When I, when I, when I came in here to, uh, to this church, and uh, I came here because I was going through a divorce. I was trying to overcome an addiction to alcohol that I had for 30 years, and I found myself coming here to this church and the, a ministry of Celebrate Recovery, which was a 12-step ministry 
uh, that helped um, with compulsive behaviors and addictions. And uh, I found myself in that ministry. And the ministry, when I, when, we, when I first started coming here, it was only five or six people and we met and it was just, we were facing the other way and it was over here and it was just a small group. But through the years, it started growing. God started blessing that ministry and it started to grow. And, and as it started to grow, groups started forming. And we did a lot of things. We would have uh, potluck and more groups would, would form. And, and, and when there was... When I was in that place, when I started in there, I, I wasn't in any place to help anyone really spiritually or emotionally because I was, I was a total mess. I, I, was, I really was. I, I was the one that needed the help at that time. But when I saw that you know, there was things that needed to be cleaned up or set up or things moved around or, or that kind of thing, I would help in that way. I would just see a need there and I would, I would just get, I would help because I saw that there was, there was something that needed to be done. And, and as I started there, uh, as it started growing and I went through my 12 steps and I, and I shared my testimony and I got into a place of where spiritually I became healthy. I started to become healthy. I started to become healthy emotionally. I started to grow and learn responsibility and not to run away from my responsibilities, but how to stand and, and face them and confront them and, and accept them. And, and as I, I did that, I became a small group leader where I would take a men of... of in a small group and lead them through the 12 steps. And it was really awesome because that was a big spiritual step for me from just being a member of Hillside and to being a leadership. And there's a class that you have to go through and, and certain criteria and things like that. And you'll, it's, it was, but it was just awesome that I got to that place. And eventually I got asked to lead the ministry. So I started out being a, being a real mess to just helping out and then getting to lead a small group and then being able to you know, to be asked to lead that ministry. So it was a really awesome thing. And I want to read the scriptures where it actually has the uh, gift of helps in the scriptures. And it's from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 27 through 28, in the New King James Version. And it says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles. And, and if you were here a couple weeks ago when John Headley was here, you heard me ask him the question about apostles because... When I was doing this lesson, I was making sure that I, I, I know what I'm going to speak about. And I heard in this one teaching that, this, that the apostles were the 12 original with Jesus. And there could be no more apostles. But the word apostle is a Greek word. And the definition of the word is mean, meant to be, means to be sent out. So our pastors are apostles because they came from a church in San Jose. And they were sent out here and they started this church. Uh, and where was I at here? I, I wanted to be, okay, yeah. uh, okay. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets. And if you've been here any length of time, you've heard people prophesize in this church, in this prophetic church. Third teachers, and it's just been an awesome thing to see different people come up here and teach, and you get to see it's a variety, and it's really awesome to see that happen right here at Thrive. I'm really grateful for the for the what you putting this together dory and after that miracles and i too am a miracle like john headley said when i asked him and he says you know hey i'm a i'm a miracle and i've seen a lot of miracles and celebrate recovery i've seen a lot of miracles Amen. the gifts of healing and i've seen a lot of healing and the gifts of help so helps is in the scripture administration i think of bruce gessick when i see that word bruce you know and variety of tongues 
and I don't have that gift, but you know, I'm around people that, that speak the tongues and everything. And this is, for, for, for the gifts of help, this is, this is what I think of and what it means to me is when we act through humility, when we want to help someone and not do it in a prideful way, but we, we act in humility. And Paul writes here in Philippians 2, verses 1 through 4, it says, Therefore, if any concession in Christ, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, and let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. And I, I want to share with you uh, how I, what, what caused me to be baptized and what led up to that and uh, how I became adopted into God's family and how I became a part of God's family. And it's just a gift of the word of knowledge right here. It says the gift, the word of knowledge is the God-given ability to receive a spontaneous knowledge of facts or details about a person, a situation that has been discovered through natural inquiry, and also the gift of the word of wisdom. The God-given ability to receive divine insight into how to respond to complex, difficult problems and situations. And for me, when I came to, uh, to this church, when I started coming to this church, I didn't come here to stay to this church. I, I lived right around the corner. I live in Morgan Hill now, 35 minutes away, but I'm still coming here. I'm working on my 12th year. Uh, I lived right around the corner. I looked in the phone book. My wife had told me, you know, if we don't get closure on this divorce, I'm going to hit you up for more alimony and so forth and so on. So I looked in the phone book for the closest church that was near my house. And I lived right around the corner on Verona Place right here at that time. And it was Hillside. And so I came here. And I came here with the intention that I was just going to come here to meet the pastors, to get to know them, and ask them if they would go speak to my wife at that time, who was open to it, and see if, you know, she would change her mind. Well, it didn't happen. The divorce went through. And I, so, and I coming here to church, I'd never been to a church like this before where I saw people get up and speak about what God was doing in their life. And it was always different people every Sunday. And I, and I loved the worship music. And I, w- I would try to remember the words when I was at work. You know, I'd be working and, and I, I couldn't remember the words right. So I kind of like sometimes I would make them up and they wouldn't be the right words. But at least they weren't dirty words anymore. They were, my mind was going through the, the process of being changed and cleaned. And, and so, you know, I was anxious to come to church on Sunday to hear them sing that song again so I could remember the words. And, you know, then I'd go on the Internet and try to look up the words and, and then take it with me at work. And I try to sing it to myself and, and that kind of thing. And. And I just loved it. I loved it. I loved the message. And, and I loved the Celebrate Recovery, the people that were there. You know, they weren't perfect, but they were really pretty awesome people. You know, it was just a really wonderful thing. And uh, I don't know, I've been coming here about a year. And every once in a while, well, l- let me tell you what I said on Sunday. Uh, after my baptism, you know, I was asked to, if I would come up and speak on the mic. And I was dealing with, you know, I'd never got up in front of people and spoke. I had a fear a little bit, you know, what are they going to think about me, of me? And, you know, and I don't know how to speak. I don't have any training or education or anything, you know. So, you know, <laughs> there was a little bit of, of, of fear in me. So one Sunday I was just sitting there. And I said, I'm going to go up and I'm going I'm to tell them what happened to me. And I'm going to do it because... 
God's put it on my heart to do it. So, Lord, please be with me when I speak these words. And I remember getting up that Sunday, and I said something like this. I said, my name is John, and I've been coming here a year, more or less. And on occasion, Dory would ask me if I would like to be baptized. And I always had an excuse. I'm not ready just yet, but maybe next time. And I was sitting there in the back, and I was thinking that I'm going to do one of two things. I'm either going to stop coming and fade away, or I'm going to grow in Christ. And I thought about it. And I thought about how all my life I'd always given everything a chance. So I thought, why don't I give God a chance? And when I saw Dory again, I asked to be baptized. And I went out to Bruce and Dory's house, out in the back, to the pool. And there was about 10 or 12 of us that day to be baptized. In fact, Eric, I think you were one of them. And Bruce and, and uh, both Bruce's are the ones that dunked me in the water. And they dunked me in the water, and when they did that, I know the water was really dirty because there was a lot of sin that stayed down there. I didn't feel anything special right then and there. It felt good to say that I was baptized, that I completed a sacrament, but I didn't feel anything special. But later that night, I went home, and I went in my room, and I closed the door. I got down on my knees, and I started to pray. And as I started praying, a sensation came over me, and it lasted a while. I would tell people of this, and they would laugh at me, and they think I was crazy. And I would just say this, that, you know, all my life I've always believed there was a God. But now I say this, I know there is a God. I've never seen Him, but I felt Him. And it was like Becky said last week, I don't know if she's here or not, but if she, she said she wanted to leave this church, and Dory told her that make sure you find a Spirit-filled church. Well, this happened over, this was about 11 years ago that this happened to me. So what I'm sharing with you right, right now tonight, that happened 11 years ago. And here's what the Word says in Philippians. Uh, that's not the right one. Here's what the Word says right here in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 14. Right up from where we're at. Right there. Unity and diversity. And diversity in one body. For one body, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greek, whether slaves or free, we have all been, been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one many member, but many. And that was one of the greatest days of my life when I got adopted into God's family. When I became part of the body of Christ here at Hillside. When I became a member of this church and I became... It was just like really so awesome for me to just... I felt so awesome. I never have felt that... When they talk about, you know, like when you're a Jesus freak and you just... Everything is, yeah, praise the Lord. That's how I felt at that time, you know. And it was a really awesome thing. And thank you, Pastor Bruce, for, for doing this church that you do and for being faithful to the Word and for saving me for my salvation, for being part of that. I'm very grateful for that. The gift of faith is defined as the God-given ability to believe for extraordinary or impossible with the will of God in a particular situation. Well, I remember when we did our 12 steps and celebrate recovery, after we did them, we were asked to share our testimony. And that was, you know, like, wow, you know, we, I had a lot of stuff that I didn't want people to know about, you know, and 
I think a lot of people that did their 12 steps felt the same way. And, you know, and uh, it was even hard to do a fifth step, and that's when you write all your inventory down and you confess it to someone. That was hard, too. But it was like in gradual steps, you learn how sin loses its power when you are able to reveal the truth about yourself. And, and so I learned that, you know, and, and it was really an awesome thing. I remember how I felt after I shared my testimony, like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm really free. I, re- I remember when I was doing my inventory, and celebrate recovery. I was writing down all the things in my life and I was leaving one thing out. I was leaving one thing out. And every time I would pass by where my inventory was, I'd get this conviction, this feeling in my heart that, you know, something wasn't right. And I remember when I finally got that inventory out and I, and I wrote it down and I started to cry and I started to tell God, thank you for your forgiveness and I'm, I'm sorry that, you know, I was trying to hide this still. I was trying to be like Adam and hide, you know, from God. And, and, and when I did that, you know, I didn't look any different. I didn't, I sure felt different, but I didn't look any different. And when I got in the mirror, when I went to brush my teeth that, that, that night before I went to bed and I looked in the mirror, I, I really liked the person that was looking back at me. And it was because I was, clean, I, was, I was becoming clean on the inside. And so that's the power of sharing your testimony when, when we do these things. And, and so like, when I became the ministry leader, you know, it was, it was, my responsibility to get two testimonies every month and, and we do it every other week or, and then if there was a month with five weeks, we'd do something else. And uh, I remember, uh, I asked her if I could use her name. Irene, is she here? Shy, timid, quiet. You'll never know she's there. She, if, she, yeah, if I didn't mention her, you wouldn't even know that she was here. A quiet, shy, timid lady. And I remember that we asked her to share her testimony. And, and, and it wasn't just one person that was involved. It was all of us. It says like we're all, we're one, me- one, one member, but the, we belong to the whole body. Well, it was really awesome because she had a group leader. She had a person that was helping her write her testimony. I don't know if it was Donna or who was helping you at that time or D- Johanna would help. And a lot of people were just willing to help. It was really awesome. And, and I remember getting a phone call from Irene and she says, John, you know, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can get up there and share my testimony. Because, man, it, and, and, and I understood what she was saying because I had done it, you know. And, and, but I also understood the freedom that came with it, the reward that was thereafter. And, and I told her, you know, that's not a spirit from God because that's a spirit of fear. So, you know, we need to pray that that would be lifted off of you, that the spirit of fear, the spirit of anxiety. And when I did that, I had never done that before. I was praying for myself, you know. And, and I started praying... For, for these people, not, she was, she's just one of many that, that, you know, that had that fear of getting up in front of people. But when that happened, my faith started to change too. See, my faith was all about Jesus Christ. I, I was reading the Bible. I was studying the Word. And, and I was doing a good job too. I was learning really quick. But my faith was all about knowing Jesus Christ. But when she got up there and she shared her testimony and we saw that, and it happened. My faith was in Jesus Christ because I was asking Him to do what we couldn't do. And I put my faith inside, in, into Jesus Christ and asked Him to empower us to do things that we can't do. And, and that's how my faith changed. And, and, and then the definition of faith that's written in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, became really clear. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not yet seen. And I said, wow, that's the perfect definition right there of what faith is. You know, we were praying for her. 
I'm praying for a lot of people that whatever whoever did their testimony, but you know some some didn't struggle that much, and, and it, I, it was just an awesome experience and a growth for me to experience that it was just really totally a really awesome thing. The gift of service. Again, I told you when I first came here, I was in no place to really help anyone. Uh, I had to be helped. I ha- I was in a hole in a, di- in a in a pit reaching out, and there was, there was a hand there, a loving hand, to help me get out of that pit. And when I got out of there, I had to start helping other people that were in that pit because I had been there and I knew what it was like and I could help them. And, and that's where, where I started at. And like I told you, I grew into a, a group leader. And then when uh, I'd been here a while, the, uh, the ministry leader, Jim, Jim Della Pena, he was going to have surgery and when that was going to happen, that happened, they asked me if I would lead the ministry. And here I am, you know, I, I'm a, I never wrote a check. I was married for 24 years. I never really handled finances or did anything like that. I was never really wanted any responsibility. I'm an alcoholic. I was an alcoholic and I wanted to give my responsibility to someone else. So for me to get in a position like that and learn how to take on this responsibility was a tremendous area of growth for me and an opportunity and a blessing to grow spiritually too because the rewards were so awesome but it all started with the willingness just to serve just to help out in any way that i could and then i was asked also to do teachings in that ministry so the gift of teaching says that it's the god-given ability to search out and expand to other spiritual truths from the word of god in a way that others will learn and then of course when i was asked to lead the ministry it was the gift of leadership and it was the god-given ability to motivate and lead others in accomplishing goals related to the Lord's work. And when, I, when, when, when Jim was going to have his knee operation and, and I was asked to lead the ministry, it was like a whole, something happened. It was like going from doing the 12 steps to being a group leader, now to be the ministry leader. You're the, the shepherd now. You're watching over the whole thing, it was, it was a lot of responsibility. And, and you know, and, uh, when, when I did it, it and, and God put it on my heart again to get up on Sunday and, and, uh, and say this, this message there. And I think at that, that Sunday, I didn't know this was going to happen, but I think they were announcing that a one-year reading plan to read through the Bible that, that Sunday. And, and God just put it on my heart, and I got up and I said, this is what I said. Something like this. I said, my name is John, and I'm a believer in Christ Jesus, and I had a struggle with alcohol. And that's the way we introduce ourselves at Celebrate Recovery, a 12-step ministry that lets us look at our character defects. And just recently, the ministry leader, Jim Delapeno, was going to have surgery and have a knee replacement, and I was asked if I would lead the ministry. And when I, when I accepted this, God opened my eyes so that I would see things in a different way. And I began to think, what if the child people, the child care people don't show up, or the sound person, or the worship team, or the greeters, or the hospitality team, or the person that's going to share their testimony or teach? And it brought to mind in Scripture where Paul wrote about the many members forming one body. And then I said it's a good thing to read the Word of God, and a better thing to read the Word and to grasp the meaning of the Word. But it's an awesome thing to read the Word and to grasp the meaning and to have a life experience with the Word. For then the Word of God would be written on the tablets of your heart. 
And that was a message that, that was given to me to, sh- to share with the church. And it was really, it was really an awesome experience to, to get to experience all, all the, the growth that took place in, in recovery. And uh, before I close, I do, I do want to say one thing. That there's a slide that's not on here, and it's the, the gift of the word of exhortation. And uh, the ministry started growing. Celebrate Recovery started growing. And, and we had a, a nursery with an infant. And Denise started a pre-covery for the kids. You know, they would do like a, the same lesson that we were doing out here. And uh, we had a, a barbecue team. And we had people coming. And one night we had about 80 people in here. And we did, did things. And it was, it was, but when you, God's blessing was blessing us like that, I kind of started getting puffed up. I started letting the sin of pride kind of enter into my heart. And I started to think, you know, why do I even need to go to church? I just come to recovery. We have a worship team. We have everything a church has. You know, and I started to think like that. And, and, I, and I started to go to these other churches and visit their Celebrate Recoveries, and there were big churches. And our recovery was bigger than theirs. You know, and, and instead of me just thanking God for blessing us, I started getting a little bit of pride started to set in. And one Friday night at Cathedral of Faith Church, they invited us to go see this Christian singer, Brian Duncan at their Celebrate Recovery. And uh, I remember we were there. I remember Lori, Pat, Andy, Mary Ellen. We were all there. And, and I remember that there was a person there that, that I didn't never knew. And, and he spoke this word into my life. And he said, John, you know, he says, Celebrate Recovery is a ministry. But we always have to remember that we're under our pastures. And when he spoke that, he opened up my eyes so that I... I started to see how prideful I was being. And when, when that next week I spoke to the pastors and I told them, you know, how I was feeling and, I, and if I had hurt them in any way, I was really sorry. But anyway, thank you for letting me share.